Hello and welcome to the NLCC Sermon Podcast. In a moment, we'll listen in on a message from our Sunday morning worship service. But first, if this is your first time tuning into NLCC, we would love for an opportunity to get to know you and walk with you in your faith journey. If you're interested in connecting with this church, head to our website, northliberty.cc, and hit the I'm New button or use the links in the description. Our goal is to help you experience the transformational power of God in your life. And we hope and pray that you find that in this message. Well, today we tackle another topic that many Christians debate over because of the mindset that has been drilled into their worldview as to why we do certain things. But there are two worldviews, a secular worldview and a biblical worldview. And my prayer is that we would see the world and the church through the eyes of God and through the eyes of Jesus and their word. That we would see this nation of ours and the fact that most of us uh, in worship today have been blessed to be born into a free nation and those who were not have been blessed to be able to migrate into a free nation. A nation that is free to worship the one true living God without at the present time any persecution being a follower of Jesus Christ. Now I know that there are some churches who feel a certain kind of uh, a nationalistic display is inappropriate for Christians. They argue that since uh, we worship God alone, uh, it's idolatry to pay honor to, uh, to the nation and that God is not up in heaven waving an American flag. And I would most definitely agree with that, that God is not up there waving an American flag or any flag for that matter. But I also want to look at this from the flip side of the coin from a motive perspective. Are we patriotic because we, as Ameri- or we are Americans or are we patriotic because as American Christians we know that God has blessed any nation that has honored him and lifted him up above all else? Uh, I have come to believe that some have overstepped or misunderstood or even miscommunicated where their allegiance lies. And so why do we in America, churches, celebrate God as, a, as our Lord above nationality? Or maybe a better way to ask that is, why should we American Christians celebrate God as our Lord above nationality? And here's why. In, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, it says this. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land that the Lord promised. For the Lord your God uh, is bringing you into a good land, a land with streams and pools of water, with springs flowing in the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God. For the land that he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget that your hearts will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God. You may say to yourself, well, my power and my strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so confirm his covenant which he swore to your forefathers as it is today. If you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today saying that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you so you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Church family, followers of Christ, Christians, please listen carefully. We need to be extremely careful in where we find our, our pride, our identity, who we are and, why, and what we praise. 
We have been allowed, or we have allowed ourselves in this country to be defined by what some argue as American patriotism, how that is displayed in one's life. And we, the church, have forgotten who we really are. Uh, now, don't get me wrong, okay? I believe in patriotism. I, I believe in the benevolence and strength of this country. I think that our military uh, should be the best uh, paid and deserve to be well taken care of serving this country and protecting this country as well as serving and protecting other countries that ask us for our help. In the physical world, they should seat or sit at the, the honored seats at the table. Uh, but let's face it. We spend more time defending and promoting the United States of America than we do defending and promoting the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just wish that American Christians were just as excited to share the good news of Jesus as they are about waving their, their American patriotism. My dad taught us in our home, God first then family, then church, then country, and then politics. And it needs to be in that order. You're going to get messed up somewhere along the road here. But why are Christians so offended if someone doesn't do America the way they think they should? But, but when it comes to not doing Jesus the way the Word of God says to do, we do nothing, we, we say nothing, we're not offended by that. We, we argue that faith is, is, a matter, is a private matter and we shouldn't talk about it at the kitchen table. Well, I believe it's because we have allowed others to define us or label us in some way for whatever reason. Much of it has, has been a self has been self-inflicted uh, uh, identity crisis or fear. We, we see ourselves a certain way because that's how we perceive that others, uh, that we're seen by other people. Everything flows, you know, from the core, our core identity and, and how we see ourselves. As the scripture says, as a man thinks in his heart, so that is who he is. And, and Proverbs says, as water reflects a face, so a man's heart reflects the man. And so the Apostle Paul wrote to the Ephesian uh, church there, his fa church family there, reminding them of who they are in Christ Jesus 13 times in chapter 1 of Ephesians. He, he, he did that because uh, it, it was pretty easy for them to find their identity uh, in being from Ephesus rather than in Christ. It was a great city. Everybody wanted to, wanted to move there. Everybody wanted to be from Ephesus. They identified themselves by living in that city, by the land that they love, and it competed with their identity in Jesus Christ. People all the time, especially in America, would allow their nationality, their heritage to be their primary identity rather than uh, having their identity in Jesus Christ. Where are you, where, where are you from? I'm from America. Uh, how about Christians saying, I'm, I'm from Jesus Christ, you know, he saved me. How about we spend more time talking about him than we do our country? I know that sounds a little harsh on the 4th of July weekend, but man, church, we gotta, we gotta get focused on who our allegiance is to. And so Paul reminds them that their number one is allegiance is to Jesus Christ. That being in Ephesus was not nearly as important as being in Christ. That being uh, an Ephesian wasn't really their identity, it was in Jesus Christ. And the same holds true for us. We may live in the United States, the greatest country in the present world, but, but we are citizens of heaven, according to Paul in Philippians chapter 3. We are in Christ, which is the most important factor when it comes to why Christians in America celebrate God as Lord above nationality, above country. 
You see, the Bible spends a significant amount of time and attention focusing on who we are in Christ because when we truly get a, 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 a truly grasp that, when we understand our true identity as Christians, then we'll know uh, what we're supposed to do and how we're supposed to be living out our lives in the United States because if we forget who we are in Christ as a nation under God, then we then we are, are we that surprised by what we're seeing taking place in our nation these days? If, if we separate from God in our historical moral compass, will we lose, or we will lose the, the truest thing about us as a nation, and possibly as individual Christians. Because too many churches have forgotten. They spend most of their time on social issues and political issues rather than talking about God. We, we are celebrating our nation's 246th birthday tomorrow. And, and in, 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 in regards to our nation's true identity, if we continue to buy into this false narrative about who we are as a nation and forget about our beginnings and how, or on how we uh, became a nation, the very foundational principles that allowed us to be this nation under God then we will be guilty of destroying ourselves from within and, and for forfeit any provisions from God who blesses nations that honor him. Plural nations, not just America. Any nation that honors him. And I honestly believe that the most patriotic Christian, they don't imagine God you know, as an American at all. Because he, he, is, he is God. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the creator. He is our savior. We know that the Bible teaches that all good things, all good gifts come from the Father above, James chapter one. And we know a good gift when we see one, right? And we get to live in it every day in this country. And all we do is fight and complain and gripe. You know, so I personally don't think it's idolatry to give thanks for the blessings of our nation any more than it's idolatrous to give God thanks for the blessings of our families, a good marriage, a great job, awesome kids, etc. When Israel uh, praised God for the blessings of the nation of Israel, what did God do to that nation? He continually blessed them. In 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, fear God and honor the king. And what God deserves and what an earthly king deserves, they don't have to conflict. Uh, Christians can do both. Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 22, give to Caesar what is Caesar's and give to God what is God's. But in, a special, in special cases, our uh, uh, higher allegiance is very clear according to uh, Acts chapter 5. We must obey God rather than men. And so I think it's appropriate in its proper place to honor the nation. We don't have to be ashamed of our national heritage or apologetic or afraid of our spiritual heritage. Proverbs, uh, Psalm 33 provides a, a balanced perspective of pride in country and trust in God. And it shows us who owns the, the world, people, all nations. And so it says in verse 10, the Lord foils the plans of, of the nations. He thwarts the purposes of the peoples, but the plans of the Lord stands firm forever. The purposes of his heart through all generations. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. The people he chooses or he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and he sees all mankind. From all, from his dwelling place, he, he watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all, who considers everything they do. No king is saved by the size of his army. No warrior escapes his, 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 uh, by his great strength. A horse is a vain hope for deliverance. Despite all the great strength, it cannot save. 
But the eyes of the Lord are on those who fear him, on those whose hope is in his unfailing love to deliver them from death and keep them alive from famine. We wait in, the, uh, in, in our hope uh, for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice, for we trust in his holy name. And may your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Our hope belongs to God, not to strength of any nation, but to God and God alone. One, one of the many reasons why Christians are to celebrate God as Lord above all else. You know, God, God is eternal and all-powerful, and all nations only last for a period of time, right? Uh, that uh, if, the Lord, uh, is, 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 if the Lord God is not their Lord God, just a short period of time. The historian Arnold Toynbee, he studied 21 major civilizations in history, and he says this, 19 of them collapsed from moral decay from within. It happened gradually, quietly, when no one else, or when no one was aware of what was happening, but they, but they slowly rotted from within. The other two nations were conquered by outside forces, but all fell. And I, and I believe that our founding fathers understood and believed that if God was not the central foundation of this nation or any nation, we would eventually collapse. Case in point, our founding fathers uh, uh, firmly taught that religious faith was the most important source of a great and lasting nation. Declaration uh, uh, signers Hancock and Adams and Rush and Jefferson and Payne and Carroll and, and, and Witherspoon and constitutional signers uh, Washington and, and Franklin and McHenry and Baldwin and Morris and, and Patterson, famous statesmen uh, uh, Patrick Henry, Noah Webster, John Quincy Adams, uh, Daniel Webster, all believed and honored God and understood uh, that the most important thing for uh, the survival of any nation uh, would be, the, uh, be successful and blessed was to lift the name of Jesus above all else. And that's got to happen. U.S. Supreme Court Chief Justice John Marshall said this, one great object of uh, the colonial charters was avowedly the propagation of the Christian faith. John Adams, the great principles of which the fathers achieved independence were the general principles of Christianity. President uh, Henry Truman said, in this great country of ours has been demonstrated the fundamental unity of Christianity. And our, our, our ultimate hope and our only hope has got to be in God. Only God is eternal and worthy of our trust and our allegiance. Again, Philippians chapter 3 says, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly wait a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this was the spirit of those who signed the Declaration of Independence 246 years ago. God has got to be first, no matter what. The, the, the citizens living in America on American soil concluded that they could no longer pledge allegiance to an earthly king or nation who was oppressing them. They had a higher allegiance to a king that provided freedom and salvation. And only Jesus Christ can do that. No nation, no king can do that. The Declaration of Independence even states the reason why we celebrate God uh, over any nation or earthly king. You know the, the beginning of this. We hold these truths. What truths? The truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, God, with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. 
I mean, did you know that when they were working on the declaration uh, that the, the, politi- the political leaders invited Samuel West, uh, a respected minister, to address the Massachusetts Council and the House of Re- Representatives? A lot of people don't, understand, don't know this. He even helped uh, format the Constitution, but he preached to them a message from Romans chapter 13, and before they, would be, uh, vote, before they voted to break away from an earthly king in England, they sought the counsel of a minister and the word of God. And that's why one of the rallying cries of the revolution was what? No king, but King Jesus. That's why that was said. No king, but King Jesus. But look at Psalm 33, verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord, the people he chose for his inheritance. From heaven, the Lord looks down and sees all mankind from his dwelling place. Uh, He watches all who live on earth. He who forms the hearts of all who considers everything they do. This was not just a promise to the nation of Israel. This was a promise to all nations. God looks down and sees all mankind. And he will honor any nation that would make him their king. That's why American Christians are to be in the business of celebrating God as Lord above nationality, above country, above anything else, no matter what. And the the principles of faith were incorporated into our governing documents uh, from the very beginning. And, and And the positive results have been obvious over 200 and some years. Alexis uh, uh, Tequeville, I don't know how to pronounce that properly, but he's a French historian. He wrote a book called Democracy in America. And he says, there is no country in the world in which the Christian religion retains a greater influence over the souls of men than in America. And there can be no greater proof of its utility and of its conformity to human nature than that its influence The scriptural Bible influence is most powerfully felt over the most enlightened and free nation of the earth. And so church family, this is why we celebrate. We have to celebrate God as Lord over everything. Did you know that as they were building these magnificent buildings and and monuments in D.C. that they were very conscious about uh, engraving Bible verses on, uh, on and throughout every one of those buildings? If you've been there, you know. Look at some of the pictures of some of the buildings and you see nothing but uh, biblical stories chiseled in stone. But our founding fathers expected basic principles, Bible principles and values to be present throughout public life and society and the basis, and the basis for our governing bodies. In a textbook he authored uh, for public schools, which was used for 200 years, Noah Webster said this, All the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice and crime and ambition and injustice, oppression, slavery, and war proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the word of God. George Washington, August 7th, 1789, stipulating that education systems were indeed the proper means to encourage religion and morality and knowledge so necessary to good government and the happiness of all mankind. In 1782, uh, the United States Congress um, uh, voted this resolution. The Congress of the United States recommends and approves the Holy Bible for use in all schools. They understood the importance of God being at the top. The founding fathers understood the numerous societal uh, benefits produced by biblical uh, values and had no intentions uh, of the the removal of those principles from public life. 
They even believe that American government would not function properly if separated from religious principles. As John Adams wrote, we have no government armed with power capable of contending with human passions unbridled by morality and religion. Our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the, go to the government of any other. George Washington warned Americans to, re, uh, uh, to reject the proposition that morality could be preserved with, apart from religion. He says, let us with caution indulge the supposition that morality can be maintained without religion. Whatever may be conceded to the influence and refined education, reason and experience both forbid us to expect that national morality can prevail in exclusion of religious principles. God was always at the top of their list. Founding fathers had specifically forewarned of the adverse effects of excluding religion influence from, from public life. Declaration signer Benjamin Rush and Bill of Rights signer John Adams and Speaker of the House Robert Winthrop had, uh, had specifically warned that if, uh, if the public teachings of the Bible were, were restricted, crime and violent behavior would escalate. Huh. Kind of interesting. You see, when God is no longer being celebrated as Lord, the human heart begins to rot within. And you want to know why there's evil in the world? It's not an object. It's people's heart. They have turned from God. It is, is it that surprising that there have been serious moral and, and cultural decay and we see it every day on the news uh, uh, as this nation has forgotten her true identity? They're, they're, they're that, one, we, that we once celebrated God as Lord above nationality, but no more. We can smell it, we can see it, we can feel it, we can hear it. We experience the results of it every day. D do you remember what happened on August 20th, 1999? Anybody? We've already forgotten. The conditions of our nation's heart became very public that day. Uh, one would think that there would have been a serious heart check on the nation, but it, it continues today because we continue to fight the wrong battles. We continue to, to debate over things that got nothing to do with anything, and we're not focusing on God. If we were serious about changing what's taking place in our nation, you would, you would have thought it would have started with the insight and truth of what the Colorado State Board of Education wrote following a horrible evil act in 1999. Now you guys might begin to remember what it was. This is what they wrote. As we seek the why behind the infamous event, we must find answers beyond the easy and obvious. How weapons become used to out, for outlaw purposes is a surely a relevant issue, yet our society's real problem is how human behavior sinks to utter and depraved indifference to the sanctity of life. As our country promotes academic literacy, we must promote moral literacy as well. The senseless brutality of these calamities clearly reveals uh, that a dangerous subculture of amoral violence has taken hold among many of our youth. We must remember, respect, and unashamedly take pride in the fact that our Schools like our country found their origin and draw their strength from the faith-based morality that is at the heart of our nation, national character. Again, back to God's word. It goes on to say perhaps across the page, ages we can hear the timeless words of Abraham Lincoln and applying them to our own circumstances renew his pledge that we highly uh, resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom. And, 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 and with, the history of, uh, of, with history as our judge, 
We need to go forward together with a strong and active faith. A strong and active faith. But it, but it hasn't happened yet. Because we won't address the real issue. We as a nation have stopped celebrating a God as Lord and therefore evil prevails. I, I know that many of you have no idea what the, the, the story of Patrick Henry uh, is really entailed. Um, because remember he was called the firebrand of the American Revolution and we only hear, remember the words, we were only taught certain words that he said. You remember what he said? Give me liberty or give me and for some reason, the context of those words have been eliminated from history. But this, this is what you'll find if you go and search your history. This is what he said, the context. An appeal to arms and the God of hosts and all that is left of us, but we shall not fight our battles alone. There is a just God that presides over the destinies of nations. Ah, Deuteronomy 8 and Psalm 33. The battle, sir, is not with the strong alone. Is life so dear or peace so sweet as to be purchased at the price of chains and slavery? Forbid it, God, almighty God. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. His whole emphasis was on a nation that honored God. In that following year, in 1776, he wrote, if it cannot be emphasized too strongly or too often that this great nation was found not by religionists, but by Christians, not on religions, but on the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says this, for that very reason alone, people of other faiths have been afforded freedom of worship here. That used to make this country great. But if we... If any nation removes God, we find ourselves in a pretty bad spot. And church, this, this is why we celebrate or should be celebrating God as Lord above all else. On July 4th, uh, 1821, Pre uh, President Adams said, the highest glory of the American Revolution was this. It connected in one uh, indissolvable bond the principles of civil government with the principles of Christianity. Calvin Coolidge, our 30th president, said the foundations of our society and our government rest not so much on the, or rest uh, so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be particularly universal in our country. Again, God is at the head of this. John Madison or James Madison, the primary author of the, the Constitution, we have staked the whole future of our new nation not upon the power of government. Far from it. We have staked the future of all our political constitutions upon the capacity of each, our, uh, of each ourselves to govern ourselves according to the moral principles of the Ten Commandments. Again, God. The Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and most importantly, God's Word have brought uh, this 246-year-old nation to, to a position of having been blessed by God because we at one time celebrated God as Lord above all else. Re religious principles, God's Word, were the most important things, powerful influences in shaping what was once a nation under God. How about we get back to that? Why, why have we been uh, pro prosperous and blessed? A lot of people, oh, we're America. Are, are we more intelligent, more industrious, more righteous? Not at all. David Faust, who was an executive uh, editor of uh, Lookout, said, faith in God has played a major role in the history of North America. Not that we've been perfect, 
but we have honored God. And America needs to get back to that. The Mayflower Compact on uh, November 11, 1620 states their purpose for the glory of God and the advancement of the Christian faith. In 1643, the, the, the colonies of Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Plymouth, and New Haven joined together to form uh, a, a, a united government under the New England uh, Confederation. And its charter said this, we all come into, came into these parts of America with one and the same end and aim, namely to advance the kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. They're unashamed that God has got to be leading in order for any nation to prosperous, be prosperous. Our first president, George Washington, is it possible to rightly, it, it is impossible to rightly govern the world without God in the Bible. John Quincy Adams, the sixth president, thought, he actually said that July 4th, tomorrow, tomorrow should be a religious holiday giving thanks to God for what he's blessed this country with. Would, man, I wonder how quickly 4th of July would have ended. But that's what he wanted. Abraham Lincoln, our 16th president, said, I believe the Bible is the best gift that has ever been given to man. All the good from the Savior of the world is communicated to us through this book. God is first. The founding fathers expected this country to always celebrate God as Lord above all else. The God of heaven expects all nations to celebrate him above all else. The inscriptions carved on the early buildings of this country testify to that. That's why America Christians are to celebrate God as Lord above all else. The, the words of, uh, in God we trust, appear on the chambers of the House of Representatives. The Supreme Court building portrays Moses holding the Ten Commandments. All the way around the buildings, there's biblical uh, chiseled uh, sceneries on that building and most of the other buildings. The Supreme Court building portrays, uh, I just said that one. Uh, the Capitol Rotunda uh, contains eight oil paintings, each depicting a major event. Four of them are pictures of Jesus Christ and the Bible. Some of them have been removed because it's been offensive to somebody. Over the dome of the Capitol building is the inscription, One God, One Law, One Element, and One Far-Off Divine Event Toward Which the Whole Creation Moves. On the wall of the Jefferson Memorial, God, who gave us life, gave us liberty, and as you climb the steps of the, uh, inside the Washington Monument, there are biblical inscriptions all the way to the top. And on the top one, it, find, it says, praise be to God. All the way at the top. And do you remember what Jesus said in Luke chapter 19? If my disciples don't praise me, the stones will cry out. The, the concrete and, and marble stones of so many of our government buildings are crying out. That faith in God shaped the heart of America. Chief Justice of the Supreme Court, uh, uh, Earl Warren, wrote in 54, I believe no one can read the history of our country without realizing that the good book and the spirit of the Savior have, from the beginning, been our guiding genesis. God promised, blessed is the nation, not just America, the nation whose God is the Lord. Uh, church, God empowered 
uh, the, the impressive Israelites under Joshua to conquer all of Canaan. And, but the history of the nation of Israel from, uh, from that point on reads like a vicious cycle, right? If, you know, if you've read the Old Testament, you, see, you know it. They obeyed God and he prospers and they become spiritually indifferent, indulgent, immoral, and idolatrous and God judges them. They repent and become you know, uh, obedient again and then he blesses them until they become complacent and they go through this, old, this cycle over and over again. And eventually after several hundred years, Israel became one of Arnold Toynbee's the statistics of a nation that decayed from within because they forgot who their God was and we might think America is a great nation but we're already on that road we're already on that road and if we want to become a blessed and great nation like any nation can then God needs to be honored above all the future of America and the church does not rest in its power, but in the integrity of her people and the God that they choose to worship and share. Uh, Psalm 20 says, some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. They, they, they are brought to their knees and fall, but we rise up and stand firm. Who stands firm? Any nation, any person who puts their trust in God. Again, the, the French historian Alexis de Quaville says, the secret of American strength was in the pulpits of their, church, of their land, the churches. Supreme Court Justice Anthony Scalia expressed his concern about the breakdown of moral laws in this country. If this, if this continues, we will eventually strike down every moral fiber of our society that has kept us strong and focused on its creator. Moses warned the Israelites in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 19, if you ever forget the Lord your God and follow other gods and worship and bow down to them, I testify against you today that you will surely be destroyed like the nations the Lord destroyed before you. So you will be destroyed for not obeying the Lord your God. Psalm 33, we wait in, in hope for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. In him our hearts rejoice for we trust in his holy name. May your unfailing love rest upon us, O Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Proverbs 14, righteousness exalts the nation, but sin is a disgrace to any people. It doesn't say a specific nation, it just says a nation. Church, how about we get back to celebrating God as Lord above all else? The, the good thing is that if we recognize that we have fallen from his grace, if, if, that we have taken our eyes off that prize that Paul talks about, that we have uh, taken our eyes off the, the author and perfecter of our faith, uh, and, and it says if we humble ourselves before him, he will return the blessings to any nation. And it says in 1 Chronicles chapter 7, if my people who are called by my name, again, it doesn't specify any continent, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. Doesn't matter what country. What matters is that, is that, is, is that country honoring God above all else. Because when they do, God will bless. And this is why the American Christian, this church, the entire body of Christ across the world is to be celebrating God as Lord above all else, even country. Because blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. If you found value in this message, then we want to encourage you to subscribe to this channel. And if you know someone who needs to hear this message, then please share it with them. 
NLCC has another podcast called The Other Six, where we discuss what it looks like to have an everyday faith on the other six days of the week. You can find that wherever you listen to your podcasts, or there's a video version on our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening in and participating with us. We look forward to doing this again with you next week. Bye.